Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. M Zingers, my name is Logan Ross, and I'd like to welcome you to Flight 70 aboard the Moon or Bust rocket ship. Get hype. Episode 70, it's a big one. Not as big as 69, but hey, we'll take it. We got a crazy guest coming on today. Uh, so get pumped, get excited. Uh, happy Newton Friday, Ryan. What, what are we up to today? What we got going on, on the show? Uh, we got a lot going on. We'll be exploring Decentral and again, exploring the metaverse. And we'll be talking to Mike Demeray from Rainbow Wallet. That's going to be really exciting. He has some pretty cool socks to talk about. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> Yeah, man, I am really, really looking forward to this episode. So smash the like button, uh, get excited, drop some comments in the chat. Let us know what projects you're looking into this week. Uh, maybe let us know what crypto wallet you use. That could be interesting for today. Uh, and also, if you're new around here, we appreciate you tuning in. If it's your first time on Benzinga, make sure to subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're here for crypto content and you're not yet subscribed to the, the Benzinga crypto separate channel, Make sure you go check that out as well. Top link in the description below. Also, we have a Telegram. Uh, if you join, you can ask for a 25% off discount code on all the Moon or Bust merch. Uh, so make sure you do that. And as always, make sure to connect with us on Twitter. Linked right there. Hit us up. Send us a DM. See what happens. You never know. Um, but yeah, let's just get right into it, Ryan. So you want to kick us off with the news? News. I mean, I think you might be better at it, man. You've been in Art Basel this week. I'm dying to know how that's been. I'm a little bit jealous. You're in sunny Miami at all these NFT yeah. conventions, meeting big people, rubbing elbows with some pretty cool celebrities. So how's that been going at uh, all these NFT conferences in Art Basel? Let me tell you, Ryan, Art Basel is sick, man. I had some some good expectations coming into it. I didn't really make too many like plans and I just kind of went with the flow. Uh, ended up meeting a ton of cool people, like you said. I went to this NFT party last night uh, that was with the the Creatures NFT project and the Cool Cats. Uh, no, I'm sorry. What am I talking about? Not the not the Cool Cats. It was Creatures, and it was with the Hearts project. So the Hearts NFT project is one I hadn't heard about before. They had a party at NFT NYC, and then they hosted this one again last night. Uh, and there were a ton of people there that were repping the brand. They were into the project. Their community is super cool, super strong. And the floor is like 0 0.08 right now. Uh, so that's probably one that I, I'm going to be looking to pick up just based on, on what was going down last night. So, I mean, they had a Mine pull through. Uh, and then there were some surprise special guests, right? So uh, 24K Golden came through uh, and Gunna pulled up just as a surprise. Like nobody expected it uh, and everybody was going crazy. I could tell the crowd was really, really enjoying, uh, you know, the artists that were there and the artists were loving the crowd as well. They, they were really enjoying it. Uh, and you could see that they were, were connected with the crypto culture, whether or not they even realized it, whether or not they're into crypto themselves, uh, they, they were fucking with the audience and the vibes that were going on. So Overall, our Basel 10 out of 10 so far. I'm going to uh, size Basel, the event tonight, uh, to, to hopefully meet some of the other crypto Twitter guys. I think Maine will be there. He's been on the show before. Uh, so go check out that episode if you haven't seen it before. But hoping to meet size chat. That'd be, that'd be dope to get a pick with him. Uh, but yeah, I hear Marin might be there, Logan. Uh, yeah, Fingers I, I crossed, think she right? will be. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll, I'll get her. I'll give you... I'll, I'll give her your phone number just like you yeah, asked. I okay? appreciate it. Yeah, thank you yeah, so much. For sure. 
And this Happy heart project, it. man, this heart project looks really interesting because they held this. Was it a private concert? Or could people, other people without the NFTs go? I know you didn't have the heart project NFT, but was it supposed to be mm -hmm. basically a private concert? You got in through Benzinga? Yeah. No, that's actually, really cool. And you mentioned Benzinga. too, I mean, the price floor on. Oh, okay. How did you go? Yeah, so I was, I was with one of my buddies, Jonathan, uh, who is in Wolverine blockchain. Shout out the MDAO. He uh, is a holder of the project and he was able to plus one me uh, and some of my friends. So it, it was a good time all around. I, I think that maybe like half the, probably like two thirds of the people there probably like owned at least one NFT, right? Um, but there was definitely some people that were just checking out the space. Uh, and that actually was was pretty interesting to me. There was a lot of people that were, were very curious and, and they wanted to learn more. They wanted to be a part of the culture. And it honestly made me pretty bullish. Um, you know, being as deep into the space as I am, as brainwashed as I am, uh, it, it was very cool to see all these new people that, that are just learning about it, just getting into it. Um, and yeah, all around very, very bullish. I think it was exciting for the NFT community at large. Yeah. And like I said too, the heart project, the price floor is only 0.1 ETH right now. So sitting just above $400, that seems like a pretty good value. Don't you think? I mean, you get to go to these awesome concerts with these celebrities for $400. I mean, a ticket to an event like that would probably be around $400 itself. And the NFT isn't mm -hmm. an expense, it's an investment. So you have the potential to make money off of it. And even if you lose money, you get the opportunity to get all these great experiences. So that's definitely a project I'm going to keep my eyes on in the future. Yeah, most definitely. They had a completely open bar with just tons and tons of drinks. I mean, it went to from like 10 o'clock to like three in the morning. Uh, they never ran out. I mean, it was just a, a really cool event all around. So I'll probably be picking up a, a heart just to get into those projects, uh, those, those Man, parties Logan, in the future. You feeling okay today? I am feeling okay. <laughs> I got three hours of sleep uh, on the couch in the lobby of my uh, hotel because... My buddy left the key, locked us out, so I had to sleep in the in the lobby. But you know what? We're all gonna make it. Uh, I'm excited to to just to be out here. The energy is is visceral, uh, and it's keeping me going. You know, that's dope. All right, should we get into some charts now? I think it might yeah, be let's that time. let's do some charting before we explore the metaverse. I think that's a good idea. All right, so I'm gonna go over to my other screen. So if you see any callouts in the chat, Ryan, make sure you let me know about them. Um, but let's just take a look at the, the overview uh, of the whole market here. So we had, we had a slight pullback, slight correction. Um, I'm still pretty bullish. I mean, I think that we bounced off of this line once again. Uh, and so, you know, I like the retest. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, so far it's held as support and it seems like a pretty strong trend line that we're following. I'm pretty bullish through December, usually December and January, like you said, are pretty bullish months for crypto. And hopefully we can make another pretty big run up like we did. I mean, we were down from 30K and then we went all the way up to, I can't really see the numbers, but we, we hit 50K, I think, before we had a retracement. And then we went down to right around $40,000 before going up above 60000 So I think there is potential of hitting $70,000 this month. That'd be really exciting. And I don't think we would necessarily be going too parabolic if we went up into the $70,000 range. At this point, we'd just be following the trend. Yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. And like when it, when it comes, it comes very quickly, you know. Uh, whether it's Bitcoin, whether it's Ethereum, it, it tends to move slowly and then it comes all at once. So uh, like you said, I'm pretty bullish on December in general. Historically, December and January have been great months for crypto. Um, and, and so I think that 75, 80K is definitely in the cards by the end of the year. 
But let us know what you guys think. Drop a comment down below. What's your end of year price target for Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever other project you're feeling? Just make sure you let us know which one. Uh, yeah, so let's flip over to, to ETH real quick. Ryan, you want to take us through what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, Ethereum's been really strong lately. Just the other day, we were at like $4,700, really close to new all-time highs. Since then, we did have a bit of a correction, and we're kind of range-bound at this point between, I don't really see those numbers, but maybe like $4,200 and $4,500, $4,600. be interesting to mm -hmm. see where it goes. I, I think maybe in December, Bitcoin's going to lead the way, and then Ethereum will maybe follow in January. We've seen that happen before, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. We definitely have had quite the run-up on Ethereum already, too, so there might be more gains to be made on Bitcoin in the short term. But over the whole market cycle, I think Ethereum still has more gains to be made than Bitcoin. I mean, I think by mm -hmm. 2022, Ethereum will start trading within the five-figure range. I mean, that's my price target. I'm very bullish. Uh, and now what is this? This is Ethereum Bitcoin valuation. And we're over that yeah, triangle. Is. So this is this is uh -huh. going to be something interesting to watch, right? Hopefully we hold that as support and we could find new highs, go up maybe close to that point one range. That would be awesome to see. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, like you said, I mean, typically, historically, Bitcoin has led the way and Ethereum follows. Uh, you know, they don't call it ETHuary for nothing. Um, but we did also see ETH Bitcoin pair just break out. Uh, everybody's been, been following this triangle that's been going on since literally May. Uh, and we did get that breakout. We'll see if we can hold it. Uh, you know, there's definitely a chance that we fall back down. It takes us a little bit longer. Um, but if we can hold this this line right here and bounce off of it, uh, we could be going up to point one, Ryan. I, I think that that's definitely in the cards. And I think that would make sense too. I mean, if Bitcoin goes to seventy thousand dollars and the ETH Bitcoin valuation goes to point one, that was seven thousand dollar Ethereum. And I know a lot of people have been calling for a six to seven thousand dollar Ethereum. Have that paradigm shift. We've been sitting around this four thousand dollar range for quite some time now, and we got a taste of it back in the spring. So I think it's about due time that Ethereum has a run up, and we have a paradigm shift in if what it means to have an Ethereum. You know, six seven thousand dollars. That'd be quite the price jump, but I think it's doable even this month. If not this month, I think January, Ethuary, as they say. Most definitely. Uh, but we will see. So make sure you guys stay tuned. Uh, keep coming back to Winter Bus. We run Mondays and Fridays, 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, let's see what the, the NFT market has been doing lately. I saw the mutants, uh, the volume was, was picking up a little bit yesterday. Tons of notifications from the bot on Twitter. We could see a little bit of a turnaround here on the average price. Floor is up uh, about 0.3 ETH from yesterday on the mutants. Um, I think the mutants are a pretty good indicator of like, uh, you know, the, the blue chip culture, like interest in interest for beginners. So like, uh, you know, a lot of people don't want to spend 50 uh, ETH on the board apes. Uh, but they do want to be part of the club, right? So mutants are a good way for beginners to get in and get in on the action. Um, and the board API club is just way too high at this point. Interestingly enough, it's it, it's getting pretty damn close to the crypto punk floor, which is at 75 ETH right now. I'm pretty sure it's not going to, uh, you know, show on OpenSea here, but it, it is around 75 for the, the cheapest ones. You can see it on Larva Labs website, but you could just take my word for it too. Ryan, do you think that the board apes are going to flip the, the punk soon? 
I think that that's a possibility, and I bet that it actually will happen at some point in this market cycle. I think long-term CryptoPunks will probably stay more expensive than Bored Apes, but Bored Apes has definitely been cementing themselves in culture. We see so many celebrities buying up these Bored Apes, so that's really mm-hmm. cool to see. And I mean, just looking at the follower count on Twitter, Bored Apes has like 300,000 followers, CryptoPunks has like 100,000. And then also looking at the events they throw, right? I mean, Bored Apes definitely has a bigger and better community around it than CryptoPunks do. But being that CryptoPunks were one of the first NFT collections of its kind, I think they will retain their value better maybe during a bear market and over the long term. Yeah, I think you have a point there. I think that people uh, will always love the CryptoPunks. And as it becomes more art-based and less PFP-based, people are going to like the the OG generative aspect of, of the punks as well. Um, but we'll see. We'll see in, uh, for sure in due time. Um, so let's see, Ryan, do we have any any call-outs in the chat? Any coins that, that we should take a look at? One that I yeah, have we do. on lately is, is Luna. Um, so I want to talk about this one just for a half a second, and then um, then you could go let me know where to, where to go after that. But Luna has been going crazy lately. It's up like 60 70% on the seven-day um and, and so this is like a stable coin that's not pegged to the us dollar right uh and i think a lot of people are going to be bullish on this uh in, in the coming months here i mean it i feel like luna is one of the ones that hasn't really gotten a whole lot of time in the spotlight especially compared to a lot of the other ecosystems so uh we'll, we'll see what happens from here yeah, we should have saw that one coming, Logan. I mean, all of these different ecosystem tokens have been absolutely ripping lately, so I'm definitely not surprised by that. Georgie has a couple he wants us to take a look at in the chat, Logan. Maybe just pick one. Uh, Gala and Matic. So Matic, the Layer 2 solution. Gala from Gala Games, uh, one of the play-to-earn engines. I think it's on Ethereum, but it might be on its own blockchain. Yeah, Polygon's been doing really well lately. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, and the MDAO's happy too. I'm sure I know a lot of our holdings are actually in Polygon. Uh, we must be up like 100% now in that fund, which is really cool to see. Uh, probably, you know, the best returns at uh, any club at the University of Michigan, not to flex or anything, but hey, that's just crypto for you. Polygon's really interesting, and I, I think its use case is only going to get more apparent as Ethereum gas fees increase. And the adoption on Polygon's network is increasing a lot too, which will help its utility. Logan, did you see that Uniswap actually had a, a governance proposal? I'm not sure if they made it yet, but they got an off-chain feel for it to implement uh, their protocol actually on Polygon. Hmm. I know. I did not hear about that. Do you think it's going to pass? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to pass yeah. with flying colors. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder why they haven't uh, up to this point. I mean, SushiSwap, QuickSwap have just been dominating the volume on Polygon. But, uh, you know, Uniswap likes to take their time and do things pretty carefully. Uh, and they're, like, gaining a ton of, of the percentage of volume uh, uh, from DEXs overall in the Ethereum mainnet. So uh, we'll talk to Mike about that in a little bit uh, for sure. Logan, but, yeah. Get, do, you know, do you know if any centralized exchanges allow you to send to Polygon's network directly from it? That's a good question. I can't tell you off the top of my head. I know that Binance just added direct deposits to Arbitrum and, and a lot of people are calling for Coinbase to add direct deposits to layer two. Um, you know, I think that centralized exchanges could, you know, have a big uh, stake in the bridging ecosystem. Um, you know, sometimes you don't need your bridge to be fully decentralized. You could use Coinbase because uh, it's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, hopefully we'll have to see, I guess, but 
I think that this will help gas fees a lot. People will just be going right to Arbitrum right away uh, and they'll stay there for, I mean, they have basically everything that, that you would want to do. Uh, but yeah, I think that more and more we'll see these big centralized exchanges adding, uh, you know, kind of turning themselves into a bridge. Yeah, I hope they do. I mean, that's going to be a huge factor in adoption of these layer two solutions because a lot of people might just want to throw a hundred or two hundred dollars onto a layer two and mess with its DeFi ecosystem. But you can't really do that at this point because you'd have to transfer mm -hmm. it through Ethereum, and ten to twenty dollars on that wallet transfer, and then once you're on Ethereum's network, you're going to have to bridge it over, and that's going to cost another fifty to a hundred dollars. So you're going to be like a hundred bucks out by the time you actually get onto the layer two. Uh, so I, I really hope that more exchanges start implementing layer twos right from the get-go. And speaking of layer twos, this is one that I've been hearing a lot of buzz about down here in Miami recently, uh, Ravencoin. So this is like a, a Bitcoin layer two. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that means precisely, uh, but I have been hearing a lot of buzz about it. It's not traded on Coinbase yet, not listed on Coinbase yet. So there could be some upside when that happens. Uh, you know, it's sitting around the, the 100 mark. So with the $1 billion market cap, there could definitely be some room to grow. So I might be looking to pick up a, a little position in this. All right, Ryan, anything else in the chat you want me to pull up? Was it Gala? Yo, Ryan, you there? Can you hear me? Uh, not sure what happened to Ryan. I guess he, he died. Oh, nope. He, he came back to life. There he is. Welcome back. back. Yeah. Just some connection issues. Sorry about that. All good. I'm just going to check out the chat real quick. Uh, Mohammed said, would there be an episode tutorial of how to get into NFT, uh, all from setting up accounts, charts, all that good stuff. Uh, you know, this is a, a great question and I think that it might actually be answered during today's interview. So make sure you stick around. Get hyped for that. And if you're just tuning in, make sure to smash the like button if you're enjoying the content so far. Uh, and drop some coins in the chat that you want us to take a look at. Uh, ENS, Matt wants to take a look at ENS. I feel like it's not been doing well lately. It's like 55 bucks. Uh, yeah, ouch. I mean, ENS has been pretty volatile since it came out a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, I, I remain long-term bullish on it. There's really no second place for ENS, right? Uh, it's ENS or nothing. More or less, you know, there's unstoppable domains, but it's no .eth in my opinion. Uh, and, and we'll learn a lot more about ENS from Mike later too. He's a big collector. Logan, oh, is yeah, it I time even... to explore the metaverse or do you want to pull up ENS token and look at that first? Yeah, I thought that I was sharing my screen, but it's right. Okay. Uh, it was right here. Uh, ENS, yeah, it's down to 55 bucks. I mean, we see it's been trading for just a little bit over uh, three weeks. Uh, it's been been very volatile, like I mentioned, but yeah, I'm holding on to it. I think long term, it's a great play. I agree. I can't say the same. I did end up selling my ENS tokens right around fifty five dollars. Uh, man, I'm, I might get back into it, but not right now. It is really volatile, like you said. So you know, if we get a good deal on ENS, I'll probably scoop some up. Uh, probably mm -hmm. not the same amount that I got airdrop, but you know, maybe like an ETH worth of ENS would be a good position to have over the long run. Like you said, I mean, it's competition's unstoppable domains, but really, I mean, ENS is first and that's not going away anytime soon. Yeah, I have to agree with you there. I picked up a new one the other day. Uh, it's a lease. Thought that was funny. 
If you guys have a .eth domain, drop it in the chat below. Uh, and if you use it on Twitter, I'll definitely toss you a follow. Um, but yeah, check it out. ENS is fun. They, I think they're talking about doing uh, another airdrop. There was a DAO proposal for it. Coinbase voted yes on it. It was pretty cool to see Coinbase taking an active role uh, in, in the ENS DAO. So yeah, and then also I think we should mention the Proof of Beauty for, for that really popped off. Uh, so if you guys aren't familiar with Proof of Beauty, we've had them on the show a ton. Uh, Creator is just an absolute genius. Uh, and, and so what happened is they, uh, basically the idea behind this project is, is turning Ethereum transactions into pieces of art. One transaction equals uh, one hash NFT. And, and the, the point is to document history, right? So when these big uh, Ethereum transactions happen, people love to, to mint them and collect them. There's a whole DAO formed around it called the Historian's DAO. Uh, and they have been pretty under the radar, pretty slept on. We've had them on the show like four times so far. They just keep innovating, keep delivering amazing uh, new stuff. And finally, they're getting some recognition, right? So the Ethereum transaction where they switched the uh, governance from the ENS team to the DAO, uh, that was, was turned into a hash uh, using proof of beauty. And it actually sold for 42.069 ETH. That's the biggest sale on any Proof of Beauty collection by a long shot. I'm trying to find it right now. Um, but yeah, Ryan, what do you think about like Proof of Beauty finally getting some light? Yeah, I mean, it was just a matter of time. I think the team is always hard at work pushing out new projects. I love Embers. I think Embers is the coolest art they've come out with yet. Um, which is their third collection from their staple pieces. They also have London Gift, which is really cool. And I love all these innovative ideas behind them too. Like being able to use your profile picture at the forefront of their NFT and, and have one of those in the background. I mean, like, like you saw with that cool cats on the Twitter, I mean, people will buy them, get one that matches their profile picture and it just makes a sick background. So each one has a different use case. And, and there's even, like you said, that DAO, you can get these NFTs and they give you DAO voting tokens. So I think that was a really cool and novel idea as well. Uh, lots of cool different traits. And uh, Logan, do you know what the price floor is on the Embers? Last time I checked, it was at like 0 0.04, 0 0.05. Uh, they recently came out, so I'd assume there's some sell pressure there. But I'm definitely keeping my eyes on it, and I want to pick one up once I see one I really like. Looks like it's going up, Ryan. I'll have to act fast. Yeah, can you, wait, I'm showing my screen, right? Yeah, you can see that. Yeah, yeah I can right see now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are really cool. I love the animation. David, who created this project, is just a genius. Oh, this one's cool. I like that one. This one's a still frame. So like 29% uh, have no animation. They're just one frame. And then, uh, you know, there's like a five frame, a 10 frame, a 20 frame. Uh, and that just determines how long it goes for. But it's pretty cool. I definitely want to get one as well at some point. All right, Ryan, I think we should skip uh, the metaverse today because... Uh, Oh no, Mike left, darn. He was just chilling uh, in the back. We could have got the interview going ahead of time, uh, but let's see, maybe we maybe we step into the metaverse for a second. What you feeling? Yeah, let's do it. Give the people right. an idea of what the OG metaverse is all about. Who all needs right. Facebook so can you, when you have Decentraland? I'm just gonna walk around. Can you talk about what's going on here? 
Yeah, so Decentraland Whoa. is a virtual reality game. It's basically an open sandbox game, kind of like Roblox, kind of like Minecraft. And you can buy NFT land in it if you have enough money. I mean, they've gotten so expensive. I remember following this project back in 2017. You could pick up land for like four or $500, albeit it wasn't in the best places, like right around Times Square. I mean, those now are going for hundreds of thousands of dollars. But it's really interesting to see now what people are doing with this land. So you can buy this NFT land and then actually make developments on it. So like... There you see the crypto market. You can go in there uh, and see different crypto prices and whatnot. There's also like museums uh, and different other things in here. Lots of different play to earn games. Uh, you really do whatever you want if you own this NFT land. And you have to own the land to go in and play on it. So I think it's your too. Yeah, it is. So Ryan, I have a question for you. Uh, and, and that is... This is super laggy. I don't know if you can hear me right now, Logan. Uh, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Uh, yeah, I can. Right, I'm just going to quit it. I'm just going to quit the game because it's probably not going to be able to work. Uh, but but here's my question for you. Does location matter in the metaverse when you can teleport to coordinates wherever you want? Okay, so I get that it matters a little bit. Because if you walk out of Snoop Dogg's house and you see the Adidas store, you're probably going to stop by, right? <laughs> but this is kind of a fallacy that we have with the real world where it costs money to go places. In the metaverse, this doesn't exactly correlate. So do you think that that the edge cases, the edge real estate might be undervalued uh, in general right now. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I agree. I think they might be undervalued, especially compared to the land, you know, right in the center. Um, but you do get dropped off when you enter the universe right in the center. So the people that, you know, aren't really looking for any fuck off outside of the town plan, seeing all of that land. So I think there definitely is still value in having that land. But like you said, it's not that important mm -hmm. because you can just teleport to any part of the metaverse. Yep, for sure. Uh, okay, so I think that we bring Mike on now. Uh, we're going to talk all things ETH, all things DeFi, all things Metaverse. Uh, so without further ado, Mike, welcome to Moon or Bust. So glad to have you on. It's truly an honor. What's up, gang? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yo, um, I, yo, so if I cut out, it's because like uh, this web app or whatever that we're using here, like it happened twice already. So if it happens really quick, I'll jump right back in. So just ahead. All right. Yeah. Thank What's you. up, gang? Sounds thanks great. for having me. Yeah, no, it's it, really a, Yeah, thanks thank for Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, oh, so uh, we've been talking about a lot of stuff, uh, you know, metaverse, uh, ENS, NFTs, the market in general. Do you have any thoughts? I know you were listening in backstage. Any, anything yeah. you want to talk about? As far as the markets go, I don't know, not really. Um, I, I like as far as like, you know, like price action. No, I don't know. I'm excited by all of these things, right? We live in exciting mm -hmm. times. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think that, uh, 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 I don't know. Let me think. Hmm. All, I guess well, the one thoughts I've had is that the, uh, is that, you know, all of the, like this play to earn stuff is getting a little crazy, maybe like, uh, hmm. you might, crazy you guys might have seen, um, I don't know. Have you seen a lot of that stuff on Twitter where it's like, you know, it's like, uh, funds are just like, you know, throwing money into these various like mm -hmm. play to earn um games or whatever um mm -hmm. that kind of are like have nothing they don't have like a demo even but it's like you know they're raising like ungodly amounts of money from like hundreds of investors um but it's pretty ridiculous yeah the the um 
the amount of venture capital money flowing into the space right now is kind of crazy. Uh, and that's something that I'd maybe like to get your thoughts on because yeah, crypto is supposed to be about decentralization, you know, governance token really being decentralized. Um, but yet we see these VCs holding a, a lot of uh, the, the voting power. So what's your take on that? Yeah. So um, it's a couple of things. Like one is that it's often way easier raising from a VC. So it's like, it's honestly, it's, it's, it is the, uh, often a pragmatic choice, right? Where, um, you know, for example, like, you know, for Rainbow, if we wanted to raise from the community, um, like one, Rainbow doesn't have a token, um, but two, it's like, you know, uh, like, you know, so we could go through different like crowdfunding platforms, you know, that have been enabled since like the Jobs Act a couple of years ago that like, you know, allow regular Americans to like, you know, uh, invest in, in things like doing all of that actually just adds a lot of uh, like, it's honestly a huge burden. It sucks. Um, so like raising from a VC is often just like very pragmatic. Um, now, like, uh, 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 I do obviously vibe with the sentiment, though. I think that honestly, a big part of this has to do with like U.S. regulations, and I think that largely, like everyone wishes that those would, you know, kind of, you know, get caught up <laughs> because it's like you know, it's it's really not um, working the way it should be. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, yeah, and like we're all like I am into this because of the shared, like you know, the shared. Uh, ownership like the the community ownership potential and like the way that that like the possibilities that creates both you know like in the in the current world but also like you know i don't know i'm I'm excited for the, for the future of that basically but yeah also, i mean um also like uh you know as far as governance uh centralization um as far as like the vcs owning governance tokens etc i mean this is that's all a reason to you know uh you know delegate your votes fam if you have governance tokens and you're not being active in governance then um be sure to delegate your votes to somebody else um right because unless you do that uh those votes are going to be um wasted and then you know the super evil slimy greedy venture capitalists are gonna uh, uh you know have all the voting power but um but yeah Mike, I actually okay. delegated my ENS tokens to you after the airdrop. Fun fact. Wow. I, I said I who better, you Thank know? Thank you so much. I mean, I'm like, going to, I, you can, you know, I take this responsibility very seriously, sir. And, you know, I won't let you down. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, I sure as hell wasn't yeah. giving them to Coinbase. So I decided you were the yeah. best pick. Thanks, gang. Thanks. So what's up? Like, you know, uh, how did, uh, you know. How do you guys discover Rainbow? So actually, or I actually, I found I, I found Rainbow through you on Twitter. Um, nice. A lot, like yep. a lot of the crypto Twitter influencers uh, you were interacting with, I, I found you very naturally. I liked your content, uh, and I started following you. And then then I learned about Rainbow that way. Hell yeah, yeah. You know, shit posting is good for the brand. <laughs> you know, good marketing oh, for sure. It really is. And hey, I forgot to to roll the, the intro that we made for you. So uh, I'm just going to do that right now. Better late sure. than never, but let's get it. Yo, I've never seen a better intro. Wow. That is um, so sick. Appreciate so it. So glad to hear that. So let, let's talk Unisox for a second. 
Uh, Unisox uh, are, I mean, you could explain where, where they came from, but right now they're trading for on the $117,000. Like, how do you explain this to regular people? Um, yeah. So like, first of all, like what are Unisox? Um, there's like, you know, so Unisox came out, I don't know, 2019, I guess. But uh, what they are is um, think about them um, as, okay, so uh, think about them almost as like, you know, Yeezys on the blockchain, right? The same way that people speculate on um, high-end sneakers or other like hype beast products like Supreme, whatever. Um, basically, um, Uniswap, the largest decentralized exchange in, in Ethereum, um, in 2019, they came out with this merch called Unisocks, which are like a branded pair of socks. And uh, basically almost as a demonstration of Uniswap itself, because back in the day, it wasn't obvious to people the power of Uniswap. Like, you know, like they, could, they couldn't, um, you know, the, it, it was not obvious to them, like the potential in the sense that you can truly list any token, right? Like you can make any token and list it, right? And Unisocks were almost an example of that. Um, so they made 500 uh, pairs of Unisocks and uh, therefore there were a, an accompanying 500 SOX tokens. And basically the way it works is that with, with the SOX tokens, um, at any time you can, you can buy a SOX token and um, redeem it for a pair of Unisocks. So to, when you do that, what happens is it's like, you know, you, uh, you, you redeem the token with, with Uniswap, um, they burn that token forever, and then they mail you one of the boxes of socks. Um, so uh, what's cool about that is it allows you to like, you know, uh, basically speculate on the on that asset without having to take custody of it, right? So as compare that to like, you know, Yeezys or like Supreme resellers, right? Where it's like all those guys are like buying the thing and then getting it mailed to them, sitting on it, right? And then like, you know, having to sell it later. With Unisox, you can just like buy the token um without ever like and then selling it and then sell it later without ever having to like mail the box around basically um and uh so how do i explain it to people i mean honestly the if people understand the the sneaker market like and and the actual mechanics of that it tends to make a little bit of sense now as far as like how the price is justified um you know you have to think about it as uh, a couple of things like one um there's a lot of crypto wealth um and basically you know unisocks are kind of like uh you know one of the actual you know kind of like historic artifacts of ethereum in a sense right like they in the same sense of like crypto punks or like other kinds of like basically these are things that like you know og ethereum people kind of view as like iconic memes in the or you know like assets in the history of Ethereum. Um, but yeah, and I mean, so it's it's just like, you know, the scarcity of them and, um, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, you know, yeah, like the historic relevance of them, I guess, is what's made them uh, valuable. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, like from the beginning, I kind of, you know, made Unisox, like I've, you know, I'm really good friends with the, Unis the, the Uniswap like team. Um, and from the beginning, I kind of took it upon myself to like, you know, really like meme Unisox into, you know, relevancy. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, to me, it's just like a great kind of like wholesome 
representation of like what's possible with the space right because mm -hmm. it's almost like so silly mm -hmm. but it's like so like there's no uh, there's no like uh it is what it is like there's no misdirection like there's no like you know uh like you know it's like uh there's no like there's no lie right like it, it is exactly what it is like you, it's a, you get a pair of socks um and i like that right versus kind of like necessarily promoting other various assets right which can have you know more kind of like asterisks with them right so it's like i kind of always liked that uh unisocks just kind of felt like wholesome to to kind of like to be kind of like my default asset uh to kind of to kind of like talk about if i needed to like you know uh make an exam you know if i needed to like make a ui mock-up it's like it would always make you know put unisocks in there as the example asset you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. But yeah, cool. I mean, yeah. One of the one of the first things that jumped out to me when I downloaded Rainbow was your Uniswap integration. You can see the pools, you can see the volume, uh, and I had not seen it laid out like it was. If you could talk about like what went into that decision uh, and how you use it and your users use it. Yeah. Um, great question. So, yeah, I mean, so what, uh, right now in rainbow Uniswap is like definitely our deepest integration. Um, and we're going to be, you know, adding more and more deep protocol integrations in the same kind of way. Um, so yeah, I mean, from the beginning, it was just clear to us that, um, you know, um, really it started like last year when, um, DeFi summer was taking off, we kind of realized that we really wanted Rainbow to be capable of, um, you know, say you heard about a token that literally came out five minutes ago, right? Like, you know, oh, like, I don't know if you guys know who like Andre is, right? But like Andre, the, uh, you know, founder of YFI, there was like a phase like last year where Andre would come out with a new token and it would be like, oh my God, everyone was like, you know, aping into that Andre token. Um, now, like we wanted to make sure that the rainbow product was able to like, um, you know, uh, that you could paste, you know, paste in the contract address for that new token and it, have it immediately work in rainbow. Um, so, I mean, uh, that kind of like was what started it off, but yeah, I mean, to us, it's just really important to, um, uh, to give users, make it really easy for users to, to access, um, like whatever they're looking for. Um, and also kind of like, you know, right now as it exists, the Uniswap integration for the liquidity pool stuff, um, you know, it's okay. It's going to get a lot better though. Um, particularly we're going to be adding um, really cool, like, you know, support for Uniswap V3 
because right now it's only still supports V2. And basically our V3 support is gonna have really cool like novel um, interfaces that make it easier to be a liquidity provider. Cause I don't know if y'all have like, you know, it's like with the mm -hmm. concentrated liquidity ranges on V3, it can kind of be like, it can kind of be tricky for some people. And we think that our plans are gonna really make that like, you know, ex more accessible. Um, but yeah, I mean, to us, like, you know, it's like we're, uh, 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 you know, like, yeah, we want to, we want to bring DeFi, particularly like the best kind of most, you know, um, tried and true protocols in DeFi, uh, making that, you know, putting that in the fingertips of, you know, regular people. And Mike, is so, Rainbow, is Rainbow integrated it, with layer twos yet? Um, because yes. I know a lot of users getting into crypto now, I mean, they can't really pay the Ethereum gas fees, right? So yeah. uh, what, what layer twos are integrated on Rainbow and is it with any application that supports those layer twos or just certain ones? Yeah, good question. So, um, so we're gonna be doing more and more work on the layer two stuff. Um, now, uh, and so uh, we do have layer twos shipped today in the app. Um, what we have is um, uh, Optimism, Arbitrum and Polygon. Um, and those um, work um, basically when you're wallet connecting to a dApp um, uh, at, the, at that step uh, in Rainbow, when it goes like, do you want to accept this connection? Uh, basically, there's a drop down there in which you can choose what layer two to connect with. Um, there's actually a really great, um, we have a website now called like learn.rainbow.me. And, um, you know, I don't think I'm able to like paste the link in the chat, but, you know, there is a section there called um, manage your wallets, networks and connections. Um, but uh, bah, 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 I'm going to put it in. I guess I have a private chat here. I just, anyway, I just dropped it in the chat for everyone. Sure. Uh, and I can also pull it up right now if you want me to. No, I mean, it's just like that basically is like the like, you know, the guide for how to for how to do it. Um, mm -hmm. So what about ZK Sync? ZK Sync is something we're super interested in. Um, we're exploring it. Uh, Q1 is really of next year is like really when we're going to be polishing this all out. Um, Ryan, so right now though with Rainbow, we what we don't have yet is direct from like bank account to L2, which is kind of like the the missing step, right? Because it's like right now, um, you know, it's it's still going to cost you the fifty dollars or whatever simply. To, to bridge into the L2 for the first time, right? So it's like, mm -hmm. that's unideal. It would be amazing to onboard somebody directly into the to layer two. Um, and that's like the plan. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. So as far as like other, uh, okay. So yeah, uh, other layer two things. So right now, um, what's cool in Rainbow is basically um, other wallets like with MetaMask, when you're switching between layer twos, what you have to do is you have to go like switch your network right? Like where uh, you have to like go to the dropdown, switch your network, et cetera. In Rainbow, all of your layer two assets show just right in your wallet. Like there's basically no concept of network switching because it's basically connected to all of the networks at the same time, um, which is like kind of cool and different. Um, now, one of the other things that's like missing in Rainbow is basically if you go to that swap integration, like for like, you know, to make a trade, 
that doesn't yet support the layer twos but the, again that's like you know um a big quarter one priority for us um and as far as like seeing the chat zk say via onboarding we are focusing on uh so uh we we're gonna have a holy grail fiat on-ramping solution um you know as soon as possible hopefully q1 or q2 of next year but basically you know um once we have like with that solution um you you'll be able to go from dollars to any of the layer twos um like seamlessly rainbow is going to have like you know a cash app uh uh you know quality fiat on-ramping experience um next year so we're really excited about that so Very quick cool. follow-up yeah, to that mike yeah, cool. kind of, logan i have yeah. a quick follow-up just super fast i'm sorry yeah. uh, but do you have any plans to uh, connect any evm compatible blockchains like binance smart chain or avalanche to a rainbow wallet yeah so we're figuring that out part of the issue is actually um is making sure that the, that the app uh has all of the like rich data that it needs for all of those chains right so everything from like you know um it's just like there's all of this data in the app like pricing data coin icons just like all of the metadata that you would need um we need to look into how to get some of that for some of the some of some of these chains um but to answer your question more directly we are going to have um uh, a custom rpc like you know support but at the same time like rainbow is basically going to um put most of our efforts into the user experience around a, what we consider to be like you know the most like long-term uh solutions because um to some degree it's like we broadly view this like multi evm world that we're living in right now as kind of being potentially you know a short-lived phenomena in which people are kind of like you know chasing essentially like you know free money right like the liquidity mining right like you know if you ask an average user like what is the difference between binance smart chain and phantom or like phantom and matic like as far as like the writ like the security model etc it's like basically it's like we're i'm not really sure that all of the things that people are using right now will even exist in eight months so we're really focused on like on the stuff that is like certainly has like long-term um you know uh like viability um but we don't want like you know it's like you're going to be able to add like if you are using one of those things like you can just add it as a custom rpc endpoint very cool so mike uh i i see rainbow as the best uh, you know, I, I don't even like to call it a wallet. It's technically a wallet, but it's like so much more than that. It's the best, it's the best wallet for beginners, but also like advanced DeFi users and NFT collectors. And you do that through the, the most insane attention to detail on user experience. So if you could talk about what user experience means to the crypto space right now, that'd be awesome. Yeah. I mean, right now, um, in crypto everyone is kind of stuck in the same old paradigm and are kind of like you know unable to think outside of the box which i think rainbow is doing a good job of um so you know we think that uh you know yeah user experience is like the 
most important thing and is the only way, uh, the only moat that exists uh, when building something like a wallet. Because basically the thing itself is a commodity to, to a degree, right? Where it's like um, anyone can build the same thing. All of our code is completely open source too. So you can just like copy and paste it. But basically, you know, uh, to us, like user experience is the one moat um, because basically like in web three, right? Like you can copy and paste your, your, your wallets, like seed phrase from MetaMask into rainbow and like, you know, or from like, you know, trust wallet into MetaMask, but basically at any time a user can, can eject out of your app into, in, into another one, right? Like you have, there's no user lock-in, right? So the only way to, 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 uh, you know, compete when there's no user lock-in and there's no friction to a user leaving is to just simply have the best product, right? And to like make the product that the user doesn't want to leave. Um, so yeah, I mean, like to us, like, you know, design and, and UX is like one of the most important things. Like, you know, Rainbow's got some incredible designers joining the team shortly. Um, and yeah, I mean, let me think like, uh, you know, we fundamentally like are trying to, you know, we use this stuff, right? Um, and I think like what we're trying to do is build like a wallet experience that, uh, that like is like ergonomic for daily use, um, in a way that like, you know, these other ones aren't, um, yeah. That, You're doing an question? amazing job at it so far. If anyone out there Thanks, has dog. not messed around with the, the rainbow wallet app, you need to do so immediately. Uh, there's a link in the description below, right to the app store. You can go try it out. Um, but yeah, everything is just so like very clearly intentional, like every little detail, um, you guys really take your time and you're really serious about building the best team. And that's what I want to talk about next. Uh, you're very competitive when it comes to hiring. Uh, what, yes. what is the from like, you know, your insider view, uh, as someone who's really deeply integrated in the the space, how competitive is recruiting right now? Why do you take it so seriously? Um, and, and how quickly do you think that new people are joining into the industry? Um, okay. So, uh, how can, wait, so can you say those three questions again? Sorry. It's like, how competitive is it? Yeah. yeah I mean, I guess why, why do you take, why, why is recruiting like so uh, important to you? Um, is there like not enough people in the space yet? How, like how quickly is new talent coming in? I guess if you gotcha. could just, w w any, any thoughts yeah. you have on that area? Yeah. I mean, so think about recruiting as honestly, like, right. Like if you are, you know, I'm not a sports guy, right. At all. I'm a big old nerd. I don't do sports, but imagine you are like, you know, a basketball team or something. Right. And you've got mm -hmm. 11 or like, you know, I don't even know how many players are on a court. Right. But basically you have a, a finite amount of of like you know positions sure. and you want just the best people ever right like why mm -hmm. would you not want the best people ever um so to me that's like why it's so important to go hard on recruiting and it's also just something that um you know uh often is underlooked by other people so so i decided to like really lean into it because i think that that can be essentially our edge, right? Like literally, like if everyone else is kind of asleep at the wheel, then, you know, we can, that can be a real advantage for us um, to kind of like 
you know, um, uh, you know, scoop the best people. Um, so it's like, uh, are there, you know, there's a ton of people joining the space. Um, it's actually, there's so many, you know, it's like, you know, there's so many, you know, uh, you know, it's like, like the, this industry is like, you know, really generous, right. With its, with its compensation packages. Um, and it's attracting a lot of people from, um, the traditional tech industry. Um, so it's not that there's not enough people. It's just that like, you know, um, like, uh, you know, uh, yeah, like it's recruiting is just kind of like hard and it's like, you know, um, not enough people focus on it in the right way. Like, for example, you know, a lot of companies will like hire like a recruiter, right? Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, have someone random on their team handling recruiting. But um, I think that like that's, you know, or like, you know, one of Rainbow's advantages is that I'm handling the recruiting. And basically it's like, you know, I'm an engineer who is like really kind of like familiar, you know, it's like, I'm a pretty good engineer. So I like, you know, I know if, you know, when we're trying to fill a role, it's like, I know who the best person is at that task. Like, cause I've, you know, like I've been following, you know, their work for the last five years, for example. And that's kind of like a competitive advantage for us compared to other companies who kind of like have someone random handling recruiting who it's like when you task them with, hey, go find me a candidate. It's like, you know, they don't know where to start, whereas it's like I'm going directly to the best person. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like it's a great time to get involved um, in the industry. Like, I, you know, super recommend it. Mike, do you have any recommendations on how to build social capital, whether that's through Twitter or just anywhere in the crypto sphere? Yeah, I mean, I think like being like like being nice and being like constructive, right? And like not starting beefs or flame wars or like otherwise like just not being a dick on the internet is like really important. Um, I don't know. Uh, let me think. Like you know, um, I think that in general, kind of like being helpful or like you know just kind of you know doing good things without any expectations of anything like always you know what i mean just like you know karma is real kind of thing especially in this in mm -hmm. this space like for real like you know um you know uh like yeah just kind of like do the right thing and it ends up working out really well for you i'd say um but yeah i mean social capital like uh um yeah, I don't know. I'd say like being on Twitter is probably the most important thing. Um, yeah. Cool. So uh, what kind of features do you have in your rainbow wallet? Going back to the rainbow wallet uh, for NFT collectors in particular. I know I saw one that was really cool, which is actually the reason I downloaded rainbow wallet when you guys came out with the feature where you could show off your NFTs as widgets on your home screen. I thought that one was really cool. Um, but are there yes. other features you guys have for collectors? Yeah, so we just added, we just shipped um, a refresh to our like NFT uh, expanded state, which like, you know, it's like, uh, it now has like the price floor here. Um, and other cool things where it's like, you can now click on like, you know, uh, attributes and like, and it opens like, you know, to OpenSea, you know, with all of, you know, sorted by that attribute. Um, but let me think. So it's like, you know, uh, 
what else do we have coming up with that? Um, we have improved support for like 3D NFTs, audio NFTs coming out shortly. We're going to have uh, support for like layer two NFTs because that's something we're missing right now is um, Polygon and Arbitrum NFTs. Um, oh, and lastly is uh, importantly, we're going to be improving the way um, uh, we're going to be improving the way we handle NFT organization because I don't know if y'all have realized this yet, but there's this whole thing where, you know, and with NFTs, someone can send you like, you know, an offensive NFT, for example, into your wallet. So like, say you're like Mark Cuban and you have like, you know, a publicly facing Ethereum address, like, uh, you know, someone can send you offensive images, right? And then all of a sudden that's like at the top of your profile and everyone can see it. And that's unideal. So what Rainbow is going to be doing is like, you know, adding, um, support for basically like organizing your nfts better so it's like you can hide some you can hide them um rainbow is going to auto detect things that are like we think are spam um and like and automatically hide them right based you know like it's going to be good though we're not going to mess up and like hide stuff that's not spam um and then we're also going to have this idea of like creating arbitrary collections so right now it's like we have like this concept of a showcase in the app, which it's kind of like, you know, it's like your favorite NFTs go in the showcase, but um, soon you'll be able to have like any, you can just create a new collection and it can be like my favorite blue ones, right? Or like whatever, yeah. like you can be like only, only my apes or like whatever, like you can just create arbitrary collections, mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Yeah, OpenSea's been sleeping on that. Uh, and I think that's a great idea. I mean, like, if you want to just group them by, by collection, you might be able to do that already. But if you want to put together like the blue ones, like you said, uh, PFPs versus the art, uh, I think that's awesome. So let's talk about ENS for a second. Uh, you know, just your, your personal take on it and then also how Rainbow integrates them. Yeah, big fan of ENS. I think that ENS is like, um, I'm like, I'm blown away at the um, adoption that it's seen over the last like, you know, year. Um, what's really awesome about ENS is it solves one of the biggest pain points in the user experience of Ethereum, which is it creates human readable addresses, right? Like, you know, it's like, you know, an Ethereum address to regular people looks like freaking gibberish, right? So it's like ENS uh, is really amazing and it solves for that. Um, and, uh, you know, yeah, it, uh, where rainbow is like, you know, going to be building some like social features that are built entirely around ENS, right? So like we're leaning very hard into ENS. Um, I actually can like screen share and show you some of the designs if you'd like, is that a possibility? Uh, yeah, most definitely. Uh, so if right, you click the, the button at the, the plus button, oh yeah, there is you it go. working yeah. or yeah. All right. Yes, so, it is. Um, Let's do it. Okay, so uh, so what we've got is um, so what's first is like we're going to be adding support for registering an ENS name hmm. um, uh, directly in your wallet from like you know the Discover screen. You guys can see my screen, right? Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. So yeah, you'll be able to type in a name and simply like buy it directly here, wow. and then what happens is you're then um, pushed into creating a profile. Right. So um, uh, this here is like, you know, basically the ENS web app is, you know, 
I've been working with them. I, I connected them with a designer who's like actually redoing their web app right now, but in its current state, the ENS web app is like really unintuitive. Um, so this here though is broadly like a replacement for it. So like you buy your ENS name and you can fill out your profile here, um, which then uh, once you're done, it ends up looking like this, right? So like, uh, let me just scroll to like the good one. Um, so here, for example, like anywhere in rainbow um, where you see like a user's name or an address, if you click on it, it opens like this, which is basically like, you know, a user's profile, um, which is basically a high level, you know, look at their wallet. It's like, what is the top holdings of that wallet? You know, what are the latest NFTs that they've made? And then this data at the top here is essentially coming from uh, this profile data, right? So it's like, you know, um, you know, their Twitter user, their uh, username, their, uh, you know, web address, like whatever. Um, and we're excited about this because we think that, um, you know, uh, broadly, we think that, you know, your Ethereum wallet is actually potentially um, the best, like, like identity, like we think that an Ethereum wallet can broadly like be your new login for like most things. You know, so it's like right now when you sign up for like some fun new app and it's like, you know, log in with Facebook or whatever, right? Like you might click that out of convenience, but we think that broadly in the future, like, you know, you'll be clicking, you know, connect or, you know, log in with Ethereum. And, um, uh, and when you, you know, uh, like, uh, like when you do that, basically like the idea is, is you can have one user profile that like, you know, all of the apps that you use simply can inherit, right? Like you don't need to have custom profiles on Twitter and on mm -hmm. Facebook, right? Like in the world we're talking about, it's like you have one profile that then, you know, like again, hypothetically, like Facebook and Twitter would both kind of like, you know, pull data from, right? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that's like, uh, you know, the future of that stuff. Um, that's so cool. Thank you for the sneak preview. Sneak peek, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're, we're really leaning in to ENS and basically, um, well, someone's complaining it's only available for Apple. Yo, the whole team, the whole team is working on Android right now. Um, we're trying to get it shipped um, before the holidays. Like, we're not sure if it's possible, but like, you know, we're like, the whole team is focused exclusively on Android right now. Um, but involving, yeah, like ENS, it's like, you know, we're trying to make Rainbow um, kind of mildly a social app. Um, mm -hmm. And we're gonna be creating like, you know, a feed of uh, your friend's activity. Um, and basically, uh, you know, the, us adding the ENS integration is like the first step. Um, yo, uh, Mexican Crypt, if you DM rainbow.me and say like, let me into the beta, like we'll get you into the beta for show, I promise. Like the customer support team will know us how to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically with the, the thinking with like ENS and like the social stuff is broadly that, you know, um, if we just make a feed of um, your friend's activity, um, that's kind of like the best way to like learn, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you don't really know what's going on, you can see what your friend's doing and then you can ask them what, what hey, yo, what the hell is that thing you're doing over there with that? What is, mm -hmm. what is you know, what is dog coin? Like, you know, like, or whatever. <laughs> And uh, that's nice because it essentially punts or like it, it defers the responsibility 
of like education um, off of Rainbow and like onto people and their friends, right? Or it just kind of broadly seems like the fastest mm. path to like um, getting people kind of like looped in fast, right? Like instead of Rainbow having to make like 101 style content for like everything, it's kind of like make it easy for like people to get that info from each other. I love that. I think that's a genius idea. The social aspect that feed, um, I mean, I could see it becoming the next Twitter in, in a sort of weird way, right? Uh, because everybody wants to know what, what their friends are trading, especially if you're deep in the crypto space and you want to explore what the big dogs are trading. So you'd follow people that you want to copy trade or just see what they're doing. I think there's so, so much potential yes. there. Uh, and the fact that you're already building it uh, is just ridiculous. It's like, seems like it's years ahead of its time. Yeah, I mean, we got a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, 2022 is going to be, you know, the year of rainbow. Um, you know, we're trying to become the new default Ethereum wallet. Like we think we can, you know, take over MetaMask as being the new default. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know, we think that like, we think that rainbow can be the one, you know, on everyone's home screen. Like, uh, like, you know, it has like the broadest mass market appeal um but yeah i mean honestly like we're coming from like what we're trying to do though is like make all of this stuff like fun and intriguing so that basically like it sparks people's curiosity like we want to like always keep people like you know curious like you know it's like we always want them to like you know like bring them further and further down the rabbit hole um, uh, because broadly we think that like this world is actually, you know, like the world of like, like Ethereum broadly is, um, the ultimate like financial literacy tool, right? Like this can be the thing that, that like, you know, create like the next generation can be the most financially literate generation because of their access to this stuff, right? Where like, you know, like, you know like uh it's almost like the the permissionless access to like you know dangerous or like whatever like you know it's just like financial instruments right that otherwise like you know in the traditional world are very gated access right like i'm a believer that actually making those things accessible is how people and like letting people truly like play mm. with them like uh playing with them is how to learn um so yeah that makes perfect sense to me. All right, we are just about out of time. So Mike, I want to give you the floor if you want to have, make any shout outs, tell the people where to connect with you, uh, where to get Rainbow, whatever, the floor is yours. Yeah, shout out. I mean, thanks for having me, gang. Like, this has been cool. I'm a, you know, I love the hustle, like keep it up. Um, Yeah, I don't know, gang, like check it out, rainbow.me, you know, um, follow me on Twitter. My name is Mike Demeray, but you can find me, just you go to rainbow.me, you know, follow us on Twitter, check out our GitHub, Um, you know tell your friends, you know, spread the rainbow. Thanks gang. You know, spread Will the do. good vibes. Thank you for stopping by today. Uh, and that is it for this episode. So we will see you all on Monday. Peace. Thanks Mike. Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, 
It doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.